Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard, and we are back. I know it's been a little bit of a, a minute. Uh, we've both been working a lot, but uh, we've got plenty to talk about on this show. We have the Ducks 30th anniversary jersey, the draft. Uh, we have free agency stuff to talk about. The Ducks uh, got some new players on the team. And, of course, all the Gibson drama. But uh, before we get to all that, uh, what's been going on, Eddie? Uh, it's kind of been a minute. We've both been uh, pretty busy here lately. Yeah, work. I guess work, work, and work. It's all been going on, but trying to. I'm going to Big Bear this weekend, so it's gonna be a little a nice getaway. So I'm I'm glad to do that. One of my friends, she flew over, so we're going. To hopefully, have a nice relaxing time. Knowing my luck, I probably get ate by a bear or something like that, but or eaten by a bear. But yeah, uh, nothing much, but just work and, and trying to just trying to do the best I can at work in the business and, and drinking when I can and. Let, letting loose and having fun but I'm looking forward to being back on the show and then Mike I want to ask you a question what am I drinking right now <laughs> what are you drinking right now yes we, we I know we didn't talk about that off the show but it's the same thing I'm a, I'm a creature of habit creature of habit you, you having some kind of IPA <laughs> oh no I don't drink IPA I drink too fast for that <laughs> if I drink an IPA I'd probably be in the restroom floor but <laughs> No, um, I'm drinking the White Claw and the Pink Whitney shoes. Nice, nice. I like I always. I had, I had some uh, Red Bull vodkas, and and now I'm being back to my wino stage. So you know, it is what it is. <laughs> but <laughs> so how how you been? What you been up to, Mike? I know work. You've been busy at work too. Yeah. Just, just as yeah, busy or busy if not busier than yeah, I. Yeah, I, I had like three weeks where I worked, and I only had like two days off. I was really really busy, and then. I did take a week off and I went to Arizona and I, I saw the Grand Canyon, which uh, I don't remember if I saw it as a kid or not, but my, my better half wanted to go. And we went, uh, though it was during draft week, which is, was kind of ironic. We had planned it kind of far out in advance and I forgot that that was the week, but I mean, it's still fine. Still able to cover cover the draft. You and Thomas obviously helped out a lot that week, but uh, got a little break with that. And, uh, but other than that, it was just like working like crazy. Um, it's just been busy. Um, summertime's busy and, uh, just some long days and long hours, a lot of stuff going on. I, I worked a lot on uh, 4th of July, I worked like 16 hours, had a lot of things going on and, uh, finally got some time to try to catch up on stuff for the show. It's just been so busy. It's trying to put the notes together for us and review stuff and, uh, you know, look at everything and, um, you know, fun times though, uh, I'm going to Vegas in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm going to see Chris Tucker. So, and I've got some friends that randomly are going the same weekend. Yeah, some friends, other friends are randomly going the same weekend. So that's going to be good. And and you know, I did just go to Vegas for the Stanley Cup final game number one. So uh, that's kind of where we uh, we're at. You know, we're at. We uh, left off the last show. Uh, Vegas was winning the series. You and I both predicted that Vegas would win. And they did win. They won it in five games. They they blew out Florida in that last game, nine to three. Um, pretty crazy. Um, I, I did like the parade uh, after that. I, I was not there for that. I was only there for game one. But uh, uh, <laughs> a lot of funny things happened after that uh, Stanley Cup win. Uh, did, did you like the interview by Carlson on the strip there and some of the other players, Eddie? 
Oh yeah, he he first comes up and falls trying to get on the stage. That's the funniest. And he, the speech and talking about how I think about how he didn't have any points that first game, but then he was really good. He does the pelvic thrusting, and then apparently the girl that had cut him off was the, the PR girl for the for the team. It's like okay, you had enough. You're gonna say something that's gonna cancel you out just to today's society. So she had to cut him off pretty quick, but it was the funniest speech in the world. Just how drunk he was and how he's having a good time. And I'm glad for him, especially him being a former former Duck player. Him getting traded didn't have that much success in Columbus. And you usually see those in journeymen where you get traded by one team that you're barely not having that much success, another team you're not having success. He goes to Vegas and he just thrives out there the first season. Yeah, it, his production dipped down, but him facilitating that third-line center role for the – for the Golden Knights becoming that shutdown third line uh, role kind of reminded us of the Ducks and their third line uh, when they won the Stanley Cup to how dominant they were shut down they were so it was it was good to see I I wanted Florida to have a little bit more fight in them making more of a game but I think they were just completely depleted the injuries got to them you had Kachuk with a broken sternum and still was playing that that last or the second to last game which was insane Eric uh, Erickson Ekblom, I believe is yeah Ekblom. He's he had a like a broken foot or something like that. So they were just plagued with in- injuries, and Brabowski finally came back to his regular season form and just didn't play well at all. I really think that killed him too. Is just that ten day layover, I, I just kind of destroyed them. And I think it would have been more uh, interesting games if they would have had a little less time in between the games and they were just they jumped right into it. But I think Vegas has had all the momentum going for them winning that. The Western Conference Finals, and they just took it home. And congratulations to them, and congratulations to Carlson. He's probably still hungover. He didn't get bad as Ovechkin drunk, but I think he's second best right there. Yeah, that interview was hilarious. <laughs> that got that got put up everywhere, and uh, that <laughs> that was pretty funny. And there was a lot of that going on. Uh, Aiden Hill, there was an interview with him, and he was pretty plastered too. Pretty funny, man. Good stuff. And and yeah, I mean, you, you for the Florida Panthers, holy crap, man! The injuries that came out. Kachuk couldn't even get out of bed uh, for a couple days there, uh, and he still was able to, you know, get dressed with some assistance and go play. I mean, that's just crazy. That's just the stuff that hockey is nuts, man. These guys are warriors, dude. His brother had to dress yeah. him. He couldn't. He couldn't literally get dressed himself. He couldn't put on his own skates. His brother had to help him all that, and that that's just. And that's cool too, having your brother play in the National Hockey League. It's that love he has. He supports you. He's there at every game. Uh, what the following season, he was over there cheering for him when he was on a, on on the Flames. So it's it's good to have that kind of tight knit. Like I, I know, like everyone that plays is, is your brother at some, at some point. But that's your true blood brother. He really shows the love and stuff. But yeah, that, he's a freaking warrior, and I would love one of the, the Kachuk brothers to ever be on the Ducks. I think they're they fit the style of play I like and the style of play. That should be in today's NHL. You have that tough greediness, and they're willing to drop the gloves and hit the shit out of you. But they're also put up those production points and, and are superstars in the league, so that's good to see. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, those guys, I, I mean, it's every team in the playoffs. They're, you know, they're getting beat down. You play an 82-game season, and then, you know, if you make it to the Stanley Cup final, you're talking about, you know, four, potentially seven-game series. Obviously, they don't all go the distance, but, I mean, that's a lot of hockey, and that's brutal. So they... They really put it all out there. I think they ran out of steam, kind of like what you talked about. They had a little bit of a break in there. Um, it just, just didn't quite work out for them, but it was pretty crazy. I mean, it was good. I, I did want to see the final go a couple more games, but um, you know, Vegas pulled off in five. I was glad to go to game one and watch it too. That was excitement as well, seeing all the fans, and Vegas was just nuts. 
just a fun time overall. I, I did crack up too when uh, <laughs> the Vegas Knights or, or T-Mobile Arena, I guess, did put up the Ducks logo against the Knights logo for Game 5. That was kind of funny. I know we were cracking a lot of jokes about, hey, we made it to a Stanley Cup final and, you know, the Ducks are going to be in it for one game. So kind of funny to see a little mix-up like that. They did get it fixed by the t- time that the game started, but kind of kind of weird that that, you know, happened. It happened to be our team that they mixed up the logos with Eddie. Yeah, maybe it's a foreshadowing thing for something in the, the next 20 years and I see the Ducks in the Stanley Cup final, but... No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Just a little frustration humor from from being a Ducks fan. But, yeah, that was funny to see. It got a lot of attention. So I don't know why that mix-up was or if the Golden Knights just really feel sorry for us and, and they hate it. they dislike us less than the Kings. But that was actually fun to see. And uh, I guess it's, hopefully that's going to come to fruition soon if we ever play in a Stanley Cup final again. It seems like it's forever and it seems like it's far that we're going to get there. But... We have a lot of uh, promising young players, so I'm looking forward to the future. Yeah, and we're going to talk about some of those. Uh, we'll actually start getting into the Duck stuff. Oh, by the way, don't forget we are part of the Old City Sports Network. Um, you can check us out, all the sponsors, in the description box um, on there. Uh, we have Righteous Felon, which is a good uh, beef jerky sponsor. Go in there and check it out. Uh, for discounts, the code is OCSN on there as well. So I just I forgot to get that in there. But part of the Old City Sports Network. Um, yeah, with the Ducks, uh, so you know the Stanley Cup final was done. You then shifted gears towards the draft. And then before the draft, we found out that the Ducks were going to reveal their 30th anniversary jersey at the, uh, the draft day party that they had at Honda Center on day one. Found out that... Uh, from some people who I, I will, you know, they were name uh, nameless, but some people told me that the the jersey was going to be mighty purple. Uh, it was the 30th anniversary jersey, and then I got tipped off at the last minute that the wild wing patch from the 90s was going to be the main logo. Um, and then our guy Aaron was on scene there at the event. He was able to get us photos, and we posted that out right away. And then everybody went nuts. It was. <laughs> It's kind of interesting the reaction from this jersey. People um, on Twitter, we had a poll, and and a lot of you loved it or liked it. And then there was maybe a third of you that either hated it or, as I put, it's a no for me. So that was kind of interesting on Twitter because then the reactions on Facebook and Instagram were were super negative towards this jersey. But uh, what did you what did you think, Eddie? I mean, the Ducks. We, we, we did talk about this on the last couple of shows, and we said how, hey, they're probably not going to redo the home and away jersey. They're going to have to have some kind of 30th anniversary jersey. We hope that they go back to you know the Mighty Ducks days, which they did. Uh, they didn't use the, the Mighty Duck logo from the past. They used a shoulder patch instead. Uh, what, did, what was your take? Because, I mean, so many people had like just crazy opinions about this jersey. I, I, I think it... It's the most talked about Ducks jersey that I can remember in recent years. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to drop my few, my first few F-bombs right here. But first thing I want to say is I want to say fuck all you other websites that stole his picture and then give him credit <laughs> for it. Uh, it's just he comes over there, posts a picture, we post it through Ducks and Pucks, and every other site goes and steals it. And when I called him out, only uh, only one certain uh, one person responded back and changes it uh, on one of their platforms. But I, I'm not going to name the, the people I called out, but everyone that you saw that picture that got posted, 
I, I wrote him a DM and called them out. Uh, you guys are pieces of shit and fuck you guys if you're going to steal a picture like that. Have some integrity, especially you bigger sites that are supposed to be completely 110% professional and you do that. And w one of the, the pages actually talks about plagiarism and not stealing any content and they're over there doing the same exact thing they, they preach about. But a but bunch of fucking hypocrites. With that said, <laughs> I think my uh, F-bombs are over so I'll go ahead and use the, the word fugly <laughs> to describe this new Anaheim Ducks jersey. It was just absolutely disgusting. Looks like a six-year-old kind of drew it. It, it. I thought it was a joke. I was like, "Is it April? Is someone screwing with me?" Like this jersey was just totally unprofessional-looking, disgusting. I just this jersey sums up the Anaheim Ducks last season and might sum up the Anaheim Ducks uh, going forward next season. Uh, the kind of season they're gonna have. The color and the scheme, everything in the jersey looks beautiful. The logo looks like it should be a shoulder patch. It's disgusting. Me, almost blocked out drunk, designed something on my phone uh, with less than five minutes that looked 110 times better. And everyone would have been happy with the original logo that I did post uh, on the Ducks and Pucks uh, page that it would have been hit the, the point better. It just, this is one of those horrible jerseys. And this is probably like, I, I collect jerseys, but I'm not going to go spend the money. I'll probably just buy the Fanax version of this jersey. Um, not not have the authentic one just to have it, but I, it's something I would never wear. It's just disgusting. And what makes it worse is that disgusting advertisement that Ducks went and had it got. Um, it's just horrible. It's some what some a complex company, some townhome company, and a lot of fans are upset about that too. One of the fans wrote back saying how uh, they have horrible customer reviews and um, it's Western National Property Management. How uh, horrible they are with uh, their management team how sucky and shitty they are and what makes matters worse too about this and my event's almost over how they had the nerve to say hey well the, if you buy our jersey officially from the team store we're going to donate ten dollars back to the to local charities in the communities ten dollars that's just totally and utterly offensive and stupid you're going to just donate ten dollars if you have all this money to put your stupid disgusting logo on our jerseys that are sacred to all hockey fans and you're going to go ahead and just insult people by saying you're going to give ten dollars back to local charities you guys are pieces of shits too now i know why the ratings are so bad and like come on i, I think i don't i probably would i'm probably going to donate and i probably have donate more than you're going to ever donate with your little ten dollars per what first thousand jerseys and ever it's just so stupid so good luck with that and i would never wear the advertisement on my jersey and i i'm gonna buy it from other places which i'll post on my personal page where they're not gonna ever put advertisements on jerseys because i think it's the most disgusting and disgraceful thing to ever come from hockey and it's just all a big money grab and they're trying so hard to be shitty like the nba and the, the, the nfl i guess they're trying to match their revenue you're never going to do that hockey's never going to be that popular in the united states sorry to tell you that but you throwing jersey you throwing advertisements on these jerseys and continuing the water on the sport you're going to lose your passionate fans have been there from from day one till now so keep doing what you're doing nhl and anaheim ducks it's just not working out for me so eddie eddie you didn't like the jersey i wasn't really sure did you didn't like it i you know well <laughs> no, you know what they, they say when you have a few beers uh, the other person looks a lot better. I don't know. I kept. I guess I kept drinking that day and chugging beers faster, hoping I would like it. But no, it was disgusting. No, don't get me wrong. I'll kind of end my rant with something positive. The color scheme and the idea of it, perfect. The logo is not bad. The logo is a good logo, but it deserves to be on the shoulder patch, not the way it is. Or you could have done something with that original old old school shoulder patch and incorporated that. 
the old school logo with the hockey sticks, but that little circle thing, I just didn't do it for me. And that's just, just, it's terrible. And they, they, they could have just cheated. They, they could have cheated like I did in my stats class years ago and just threw back the original eggplant Mighty Ducks jersey and everyone would have been happy. The whole universe would have aligned. You would have had Kim Jong-un from North Korea saying he's not going to be a dictator anymore. He's just going to let his people do whatever they want. Everyone would have been happy. Kim Jong-un probably would have bought a Mighty Ducks jersey too. I, I don't know. I'm ranting now more, but it's just give the people what they want. Your fan base... I want to say 95% of them are telling you what they want, and you need to go and do the opposite. I don't know. Maybe maybe Chicago's running the Anaheim Ducks or something like that. They wanted to sabotage us even more. Maybe the LA Kings owner secretly bought out the Ducks, and we don't know, and they just want to just crap on all the fans. But, yeah. And no, I, I do not like the uh, Jersey Mike, so I probably should have said that. In the <laughs> no. If it wasn't clear. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, I wasn't really sure, man. I wasn't sure. No, but I, I mean, I'm with you. I, I think part of the frustration is a lot of people, um, especially when it kind of got leaked out that it was going to be a, a Mighty Ducks-themed jersey. People were excited. And then it, when it ended up being that wild wing patch on the chest, that, that was like the number one complaint. I think most people that are listening to this and, and did comment on all our social media about it, are with you they liked the colors going back to the original um you know color scheme even the changing with the lines and stuff they're not diagonal but they're straight most people like that some people didn't but overall that was all executed well it was just the logo on the chest it almost made me think too if you remember the coho jersey that was black and purple if they even would have used that maybe it would have been kind of cool if they would have put the anaheim ducks you know diagonal with that and maybe incorporated the sticks or something i don't know i, I thought that might have been a you know another option that they could have done um i i don't hate the jersey i don't love the jersey it's just kind of like huh i'm like eddie i'm gonna buy it i don't know if i'm gonna wear it to a game though to be honest i, I really don't know if i will i'll buy it because it's the 30th anniversary jersey and I'm 100% with Eddie on the sponsor patch. I, I mean, this is a 30th anniversary jersey and you're putting a sponsor patch on there. I think that's complete BS. Um, I know you guys don't like the sponsor because you guys like destroyed the sponsor on Twitter to the point where they, clo oh, they closed yeah. their account. I don't know if you guys don't know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't, see, I didn't yep. know that. So fans, you guys are amazing. Yep. And now it's like, it, it's, it's awesome. I, I love you yeah. guys. That that's just I, I read some of the comments on Facebook and Instagram how di the displeasure I didn't know they really uh, went after them I hope they weren't doing anything inappropriate just fo uh, voicing their frustration not making death threats or anything stupid like that I just really hope they were just just voicing their displeasure and I think the biggest thing for a company would have done was to buy the ad space and not put an ad because that would have spoke volumes throughout the whole entire league and they would have got so much attention they would have got so much revenue and. They would have got free uh, advertising because I think every news outlet, every analyst, every every blog, everything out there would have went and said, hey, this this advertising company did something against advertising code, bought advertising space, but chose not to put it on there to keep the integrity of the jersey. That's something that would have done. If I won the lottery, that's something I would have done. I would have just bought ad space and not put the ad on the jersey. Yeah, a lot of it. I, I mean, I didn't see anything too inappropriate, for, at least from the comments that I, I saw. I mean, I didn't look at everything, but of the ones I saw, 
I guess the biggest thing with this company is is just like the fees that they charge or the taxes that they charge. I think someone posted their rating and the rating was like one star out of five. Oh, I mean, yeah. there was a lot of stuff on there that basically um, the customer service of this company is horrible. So to me, that's on the ducks. Like you guys should have researched better and got a sponsor that had a better reputation. So not only did you throw a logo on a special edition jersey, but you threw on a crap company. I mean, at least from what the review said, I'm just going by what people said. I, I have no experience with this company. I don't know them. I don't own any property. I don't know people that own property from them, whatever. But based upon the reviews on their on their website, the fact that they canceled their Twitter account, which, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it, it kind of backfired, really. I, it did not work out well. And it's, it's you know, I, I don't know. When I get that jersey, I trust me. I'm going to find a way to take that W and, and get rid of it. I'm getting rid of that thing off there for sure. Or I'm going to get it through Cool Hockey or someone else, hopefully, that doesn't sell it, you know, with that patch. But Yeah, Cool Hockey stated, too, that they're not going to sell jerseys or patches on their jerseys. It's going to be just full integrity jersey. So I guess technically it won't be authentic because the authentic one would would uh, have that um, that jersey. But I mean, I'm sorry, that patch on their jersey, but I'd rather wear that. And I, I you know what, Mike? I do plan to buy two of them because I'm just going to strip the, that logo off and add my own logo like I did with my uh, my uh, the, the one I wear, the, the black one, which I have to post on Ducks and Five. I remember I said last show I was going to post it. I totally forgot, so I'll go ahead and uh, make that mental note down. I'll actually write it down because my mental notes suck. And I'll post the jersey that I custom made. Um, I just bought a custom logo off eBay and had them um, stitch it on at the cleaners down the street for me. So that was kind of cool. So I think I'll just go ahead and do that and and add the logo that I actually want on this jersey and not the one that they have. And I'll be happy to wear that. Yeah, and, and you know, you talked about the edit that you did. There's a couple other edits out there that people did with the Mighty Ducks logo with either uh, the teal triangles or silver triangles. Any one of those would have been better. Uh, I, I'm just hoping down the road that that's what the Ducks do. Like this is this is what I would do. I know it's the 30th anniversary jersey, and they're probably gonna wear it like three times a season. So whoop de do. That's why I'm maybe not as mad about it. But what the Ducks should do is, I don't know. This is my take. I would take the third jersey that has the My Ducks logo. I would make that the home jersey. Then I would do another Mighty Ducks jersey with the Mighty Ducks logo in white for the away jersey is what I would do. And then we could figure out a new third jersey down the road. That, that, that's what I would do. I think that's what most of you out there listening uh, would like. Because people like the reverse retro. The reverse retro jersey was the Ducks original jersey but in new colors. And I can tell you right now, a lot more people like that jersey than this 30th anniversary jersey. So if they do like a spinoff on that as the away jersey and then that you have the orange for home I, and as long as you got the mighty duck theme stuff i think it'll work out a lot better but yeah it's just it's unfortunate they had an opportunity to really really kill it with this jersey and instead they just they just threw a dud i mean they they had i i like the lettering on the back i like the design everything but the crest to me it, it's just it's a no you know and that in that vote that we had we had love it like it hate it i I, it's I'm kind of between I like it but it's also a no for me because I like the overall jersey but I don't like the logo on the chest so that's right I'm gonna go read some comments too you guys went nuts on in, um, Instagram so I want to give you guys some shout outs for some of the things that you said on here because uh, some of them are similar to what we had in our group chat too but you know we had uh, 
I think you mentioned this one too, Eddie. Jay, it's me. Andrew said, uh, was it just delivered from China? You had a guy, I forgot who, someone on Facebook said, can you buy this at Alibaba.com? Uh, we're doing like a, like mean tweets. We're doing like mean IG posts, I guess, on this jersey. You had, uh, you know. Hey, that's a good idea. Next time we have something like this, let's screenshot them. And then we could add it to the original post, like a mean tweet thing. We can add their tweets and just make sure that it's okay with them. But I think that the fans would like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and it's in line with what you guys said. You had uh, Rollerhead99. A bootleg jersey looks better than this. You had uh, VTD97, uh, just like Eddie and I said, the stupid sponsor patch shouldn't be on there. Shouldn't Should have been the 30th anniversary patch. I'm 100% with you. Yeah, why isn't it the 30th with the sticks on there instead? Uh, instead of that thing. And then you had, uh, I think you mentioned this too, Eddie, when it first came out. We have uh, Jason Vision. He said, looks like a beer league jersey. So... Oh yeah, yeah. Cause I remember, like, I was supposed to show them some of my beardly jerseys. Some of my beardly jerseys, I have some. I have creative friends, um, and they did a really good job. I, I'm not that creative on designing jerseys. I, I just I, I know what I want in a jersey. But yeah, that was a really good comment. That's probably my favorite comment. But yeah, I have to still post you those uh, my beardly jerseys. I got to get them out of my bag. But yeah, thank you guys for tweeting or tweeting out those. And it's just that was awesome. And it's reading all your comments. And I get stressed out a lot, and my life is kind of complicated with work and, and the business right now. So it's just when I can wind down and have a few drinks or a few hundred drinks and just kind of go on, on Ducks and Pucks and read some of the comments about it. And, and a lot of your support, too, it really just lifts me up. So thank you guys for that. I appreciate that. And I, I do want to just apologize, too, about um, – I'm not trying to bash whoever designed these jerseys. So I, I appreciate how they took the effort to create these. It's just – as hockey fans, we're really rough, and we're going to speak our mind. And obviously, a lot, the majority of us have spoken. It's just judging the work for us. Sorry. Pass. Uh, you are the weakest link. Remember that old show. Goodbye. Yeah. So, like like we said, it, it, it's a swing and a miss, unfortunately. And, and we'll just leave it at that. I know we've kind of destroyed this whole Jersey thing. But, I mean, you guys did too as well. I, I was honestly surprised Twitter that, that people actually more voted that they liked it than hated it. I was surprised because Instagram and Facebook, oh my God, you guys destroyed this jersey. I was laughing my ass off um, uh, because everybody was upset also about the draft because the Ducks took Carlson instead of Fantelli. And we'll get into that now. Uh, that was a, a huge issue. So a lot of people said the Ducks took two L's on uh, draft day. <laughs> so... Hey, well, you know what? Maybe two negatives equal a positive. I, I don't know if that works. I was going to ask you too, Mike. I, I, I know you were on your vacation. I'm glad you went. I've never been to the Grand Canyon, so I'm hoping to go. Did you actually did, did you watch the draft from where you were? I think you, I saw you post a picture like of TV. Yeah. Like, where did you watch so it? So I actually went to the Grand Canyon Brewery. A brewery. Brewery. Oh. Jesus, I'm, I can't even talk myself. I'm, I'm not even that buzz. <laughs> too Good much Lord, wine. yeah, too much wine. I'm a, I'm a wino. No, I went to the Grand Canyon Brewery. Hello. And um, we put it on and I watched round one while we were there because that the um, first day of the draft, we didn't go to the Grand Canyon. We were in a little town called Williams and they have a lot of bars and stuff there, which is really cool. Yeah, so we were there that day. And then on day two, we took a train from there up to the Grand Canyon. Fantastic experience. And I was monitoring everything on the train basically on day two uh, because my, my dumb ass planned this trip and I didn't realize it was draft week, you know, as an idiot. But 
it, it all worked out. I was able to do it. And yeah, I was watching on a bar and it was so funny. There were other people in there. And I'm like, you know, we were all joking about Fontelli and all oh, the ducks going to get him. Then it comes up on there and I took the screenshot and it was Carlson. I was like, oh, okay. And and there were other people out there that hinted at Carlson, right? We, we heard different people do that on social media. And people were like, no, they're going to get Fantelli. Uh, I think that the big loser of the day is not the Ducks, even though if you didn't like the jersey and you want a Fantelli instead of Carlson, I get it. But the big loser was the fan with the Fantelli jersey at the draft, Eddie, that there was a ton of photos of that guy. How about that guy? Really? Oh, poor guy. I, I don't want to call him a loser. <laughs> I just, he, he, yeah, he's like, I don't know him. That's, yeah, I wouldn't go to call him a loser, but I, I feel bad for him. It sucks for him. Hopefully he's part of Southern California. Just DM me. I'll send you some beer or something. I, I know that he probably was like, really? Like, fuck. Walking by himself. It has to be a meme somewhere of him doing that. But, yeah, um, I was actually watching this experience at Laverne Brewing Company, and the owner is a big Ducks fan. So, um, and unfortunately, there was two uh, people from Chicago there, so they were happy. Actually, from Chicago, not Illinois, and they were like, but they were a really cool couple. Good shout out to them, and we're just talking, and they were like, yeah, we deserve that. The Ducks deserve the first overall pick, and blah, blah, blah. So, they they were a really good conversation. They knew their hockey, too, so I was able to really have intellectual conversation with them with hockey. But yeah, I I, want to shout out that brewery. The, The owners are really, really, really big Ducks hockey fan. He always plays out in the big projection. He puts priority for hockey first when the Ducks are playing. So I was talking to him. I do want to try to plan, Mike, like some unofficial Ducks and Pucks watch parties over here toward the, the, the Los Angeles County area because I live in Claremont and the breweries in Laverne. Yeah. So if you guys um, if you guys are in the area of Laverne, Claremont, San Dimas, or like anywhere like within, what, 20 miles, and you guys would be willing to do a watch party. I can bring some stuff. Mike can probably show up. We can we can have an unofficial watch party and start branching out more to the fans that listen to us that are kind of my area and can go there, have a good time on the big screen, projection, have great beers, and we can just all watch some hockey and be cool. So if you guys want that, um, go ahead and send us a DM on Ducks and Pucks or you can DM my personal page, uh, Argonzo444, and I can start getting an account and I can talk to the owner. We can plan some kind of thing and... Maybe he can throw some drink specials and food specials too, just to do something different for next season. Yeah, I'm totally down. We'll try and we can try and plan that for sure. You know, um, always always good to look at uh, different places. We also still probably still do Noble Ale Works too um, this next season. I got to talk to Josh, but I'm sure we'll we'll be over there too. We had a couple good ones there. We had one I forgot. It was raining like crazy. And we still had a bunch of people at that one last year, so that was fun as well. But yeah, we can look into that for sure, man. What um, what did you think though about this first pick? Like, were you upset that they didn't pick Fantelli? Did you think they missed out? They should have taken him instead of Carlson. Because I mean, that was the other part of the day. People weren't happy about the jersey, and then they weren't happy about the Ducks. You know, second overall pick. Like a lot of people were upset on day one of the draft. Yeah, I don't think uh, like like our writer Thomas always says you, you can't go wrong with the first three or four draft picks. Like even if they went for with Will Smith, you, you just can't go wrong with that. You're getting superstar slash franchise type of players. The Fantelli thing, I, I lost my uh, I guess my taste for him. Listening some some of his interviews, he was just like whatever with the Ducks. It, it didn't seem like his priority. His excitement wasn't there. Usually when you're a rookie and you're ready to be drafted, you're more enthusiastic about, oh, do you have an interview with this team? Oh, yeah, I talked to them. He was just like, oh, yeah, we, yeah, we talked. 
oh, have you looked up anything about Anaheim? No, I haven't. It's like, bro, like you're a rookie and you just that that arrogance and cockiness is coming in already. Yeah, I get it. You're the shit. You won the Hobie Baker. Only what two other players, Eichel and Eichel and Paul Korea won it as a uh, freshman. So yeah, you're you're the shit. But you have some more. Have some more class and just the, the interviews that I heard from other podcasts, um, like NHL podcasts and stuff like that. He just had some arrogant attitude, cocky attitude. He just, it just acted like his shit didn't don't, don't stink. Like you're a rookie, you have to kind of earn your place in NHL. But I guess uh, today's generation is kind of leaning toward where they just, everything's in, they're given to them and the entitlement. That's what really rubbed me off the wrong way. That's why I wasn't too upset when they didn't pick him. Because I really, really 110% believe he wouldn't have been playing with the Ducks. He already went on, um, on record that the, the NHL website posted of him saying he wanted to play for the Blue Jackets because he had friends that went to the same school he did, or college, I'm sorry. He had other uh, alumni there, so he, he really wanted to go there and, and make an impact. So it's just when they drafted Leo Carlson, I was just like, okay, the only thing I was upset about was how they didn't try to trade down. Like, hey, Columbus wanted him. They needed that centerman. The Ducks didn't really need a, a centerman like that. We, we have McTavish. We have Zegris. Uh, th- those one-two punches that are going to just evolve and be awesome and even greater players than they are. So they didn't really uh, need that. But Columbus has desperately needed a, a center that they can build around. And Ducks could have just exploited that and, and took advantage and said, hey, offer us something or we're going to take him. Um Blah, blah, blah. If you want to wait three years, if he hasn't signed with it, or something like you, you could have had a bargaining chip and got some kind of assets to trade down. And Verbeek stating that he was never an intention to trade down. Why not? Fentelli was the number one choice for the Columbus Blue Jackets to pick. They weren't going to pick Leo Carlson. The San Jose Sharks uh, went on record saying that they wanted Carlson. So uh, we, we already knew what the teams need needed. And I just wish they would have traded down and got some kind of asset for that. But no, I'm happy with Carlson. I think he's had a fantastic career. I've been watching video on him too, and and he's he's yeah he's gonna be a great and special player. I do like on a personal note too. He mentions his stuttering and how it's uh, he's had that all his life because I have that too. When I especially when I get nervous or I'm trying to think, like my mind fires off way too fast in a hundred different directions sometimes, so I can't always really think what I'm saying. So I have that stutter too, but he's so open and, and like talk about it. Just that maturity level, the, the the interview I heard from him, I do like that about him, and I think he's gonna put in the work and to really, I guess, really step up to to earn that that number two spot. You know, I'm sure these young players they all have social media that they know what fans are saying about him. They, I'm sure he's aware that fans are upset that uh, they didn't get Fentelli. So I think he's going to just go that extra mile and work just as hard as Fentelli, if not harder, to really prove and solidify the fact that he was the number uh, two overall pick and make an impact on the Ducks roster. Yeah, I'm with you on that too. And I, I think for the people that are upset that the Ducks didn't take Fentelli, uh, I'm with you too. He didn't really have a warm, fuzzy feeling about the Ducks. Uh, if the Ducks could have traded down, that would have been good. You know, we didn't see a lot of that in the draft. A lot of uh, teams were happy with where they were at and what they were going to take. So I get it. Um, knowing what we know now, I, I, I see where you're going with that. Uh, but for the people that are not happy about the Ducks getting Fantelli, don't take it out on Carlson. Uh, please don't. I mean, these these guys are, you know, 17, 18, 19 year old. I mean, they're, they're doing what they can. They want to be, you know, in the NHL. And, and whatnot. So I, I mean, it sounds like he's happy to be here. Um, he's but he's but 
he's busting his ass at the development camp, which is going on right now. And uh, from Verbeek, he talks about how he has a good hockey IQ, uh, you know, good skill, good creativity. I, I think, um, you know, if, if the barring the interviews and however it was with Fantelli, whatever, but just looking at the two players, uh, I think Verbeek went with Carlson because he thinks he's the more complete player. I'm not saying that that's the truth or whatever. I'm just saying that maybe that's what he looks at. I think Fantelli is more NHL ready now today, and that's why I think he was ranked higher and he could have gone first like if Bedard wasn't in this draft. So maybe Verbeek thinks that uh, Carlson overall will be a more complete guy down the road. I don't know. That's just kind of the logic uh, from what I read and his comments and things like that. That's kind of what I, I think why he did what he did. Whether you agree with it or not, that, uh, that's what he's going with. So I still think Carlson's going to be awesome. I think he's going to do great for this team. Uh, he's wearing number 37, so we'll have to see what, what number McTavish is going to wear. Uh, a little bit of a change there. But, uh, man, I mean, there was just so much drama on that first day. People did not like the jersey, did not like the pick. I was like, holy smokes, dude. And, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, I even called you that day, too. I yes. called you. <laughs> I, I, I stopped and got more beer. I had my Uber driver stop and get me more beer. Because, you know what's funny? I actually, uh, I had a business meeting with my brother because we both run my dad's co- my, my former dad's company. Uh, rest in peace, Dad. Um, so we went and met up at a, a, a local brewery. My brother was like, it's dead here. I'm like, yeah, but they're going to play the draft. So it was cool having them and I was kind of kind of lit getting more beer and I call you to complain about the jersey. It's like I, I took my, my position out of Ducks and Pucks for like five minutes and just went full fan mode. Mike, I need to talk to you, the jersey. And you actually are like, okay, like we don't really talk like like, like every day like that. We, we talk a lot for podcasts or like some kind of crisis or if we just need to talk to someone, but I'm calling you. I'm pretty sure you kind of knew what it was about the, about the draft and the jersey, but that was kind of fun conversation to have with you that day but like you said i think ducks fans are i know some of them seem crazy but we're more level-headed i know uh montreal canadians fans and i'm not talking about all of them the select few when they selected that defenseman with their pick he had he got death threats on him and they had to kind of like kind of sneak him into the development camp and not really make it known because he was getting so much negative attention and you're you're calling death threats because your team didn't pick the player you want. I'm sorry, those Canadian fans, you guys are fucking pathetic, and I'll use my third F-bomb, but I think that's so disgusting, and that's not what hockey's about. If you're going to sit there and DM some 17-year-old telling me you're going to kill him because the team picked him, let him have his day. That's one of the most important days of his life is being selected in the NHL and earning that spot with their overall picks. and. And it just uh, and it was a, a lot of fans that were doing it too, Mike. It, that's what makes it even more sad. So, I, I really it sucks to to read about that and see that, but I really hope he comes in, and kicks ass in the NHL, and he tears it up and becomes uh, their next generational player. So at least so their fans can actually this their kind of bite their tongues and bar cut off their fingers, whatever. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, same thing. The people getting upset. You know, with Carlson being picked instead of Fantel, you need to chill out. And the same thing in that other situation you mentioned. I mean, that's just ridiculous. You know, like I said, these are 17, 18, 19-year-old kids, man. 
that are just happy to break through all those practices that they've gone to, all those games they've played, the things that their mom and dads have driven them to, you know, all that stuff that they've done, um, the commitment from whatever, four or five years old, and having all that support around the family and the expensive, uh, you know, all the gear, and then they grow older, you got to get the other gear. I mean, it, it, hockey is not, is not an easy sport. It's not you know, I'm not taking away from other sports, but, you know, basketball, you just need tennis shoes and a basketball on a court, right? I mean, I'm not trying to downplay it. Basketball is a good sport, too. But with hockey, you have to buy so much gear and you have to get ice time, which is hard. You can't always get that depending on where you live. There's a lot of stuff that goes into developing into a hockey player and then getting a chance to play in the NHL. So for anybody that, you know, t- took it out on, on those guys or anybody, like, you're just a loser. I mean, you know, it's it's not it's that's not fair. That's not fair to these guys. And like you said, Eddie, it's it's their day, and it's their day with their family. It's it's a culmination of, you know, uh, 10, 12 years uh, of dedication to the sport, and then it culminates with being drafted by an NHL team. I mean, that's special, man. Like, regardless of what you do in your career, you're still drafted by an NHL team. I mean, that's like, man, that it's just awesome. I mean, same with other sports, being drafted by, you know, NFL, baseball, basketball, whatever. So... That's the unfortunate part about it, but um, I yeah. Another note too. I mean, we we mentioned McTavish, uh, the number thing. I would say uh, uh, just to get off this like this negative thing too, because it's like it's like boiling my blood too. And you made some comments about like how their 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 parents, their mother, their father, even their their families, how much time and effort they put into these kids to get them where they are. Uh, day in and day out, the the expenses. Like I didn't grow up with money at all. I didn't grow up like so. It's like all my equipment. I had to, like my dad spending all that money me to play hockey. I really appreciate that. That's why when I wanted to quit playing hockey, uh, before he passed away, uh, I I thought about quitting, but then he passed away, and I want to keep playing. So yeah, I really appreciate that. But to kind of end this on, on a better note, or well, not end it, but kind of like throw my two cents into this. But McTavish, um, the jersey change. He's won number 23. He wore that while junior, so I, it seems like he would just kind of kind of go that route, maybe. I don't know. I know Boschman wore 23, if I'm not mistaken, right, for the Ducks. Yeah, it seems like that's going to be the number. I think you're right because that's the, that's the one he, he wore for a lot of his uh, career before the NHL. So I think you're right. I think that will be the switch for sure, um, definitely. And, and yeah, um, but with the draft, I thought it was interesting. Um, we had some people ask us, you know, hey, what, you know, what did we think? We had uh, Halen Princess eighty six. You know, you know, what do we think of the draft? So out, outside of that first round pick, uh, just kind of go over it briefly. I'm not really going to dive too deep into to what the Ducks did, but they held on to all their picks. They didn't trade anybody. They actually did a lot of forwards or centers early on. They had uh, Nico. Um, Mayakovich, uh, they had Kerry uh, Terrence, uh, Colson Petrie, uh, Igor Sidorov. Those are all the forwards that they took in their early round picks. And the Ducks went with size too. All these guys are six foot or taller. Um, so a lot of that, even on defense too. And then they also picked a goalie in there, Damian Clara, 6'6". Um, they talk about him having his size and being you know, very coordinated. Still needs a little bit of more development or some consistency, but... You know, it was interesting. They went with a lot of forwards. First five out of six picks were centers or wingers. Then the one goalie. And it kind of seemed like the reoccurring theme with most of these players is that they, you know, good offense, attacking the net, 
um, playing with intensity. Uh, I know Petrie is one that they talked about going into the dirty areas, playing his, with his body. They talked about Terrence and how he can finish with his scoring uh, chances. Uh, Mayakovic, they like how he back checks as well as create chances for his line mates. So interesting the way that they started this out. Eddie. It seemed the theme was is that they wanted skillful forwards. They also wanted big uh, players. And then uh, the, the late picks, they went with defensemen. And I'm thinking that's because you've got Minty coming up, Zellweger, uh, Lacombe. You've got these other guys that are going to be here sooner. So maybe the, the the influence by Madden and the structure was to go with more of the forwards early and not worry so much about defensemen. I mean, I, I don't know 100%, but that's just how the picks kind of fell on, in the, on uh, day two. Yeah, and it makes 110% like sense. We have a good pipeline and defense coming in. I, I think we're going to have a surplus of them, which is a good to have. So th- that's going to be good. We got some uh, gritty players that are coming in defense, and hopefully it'll develop well. Um, Mayakovic, he was really excited when the Ducks, uh, Ducks drafted him. Uh, listening to his interview uh, after that, he was just happy that Ducks got him. and Really, uh, really positive, and it, it was good to see that smile on just – uh, that's one thing that I would want in life is being drafted by an NHL team and having that feeling. And, and you just saw it coming from this kid, so it was cool. And our, our, our new goalie we drafted, <laughs> Italian goalie. I, I'm going to say it, Mike. I, I love the Rocky movies, but I, I hope he, he makes it soon to the NHL because I want to call him the Italian uh, uh, the Italian Stallion. I'm going to take Rocky Balboa's <laughs> name, Sylvester Stallone. Um, great movies, but I think when he makes a uh, – his mark on the NHL. He's a, little, a big kid too, six six, and who knows if he has more growing to do. But it's gonna be cool seeing him in the NHL in a Ducks uniform. Makes a huge shave and saved by Italian Stallion. It's just, I can ha- hear that in my <laughs> mind right now. Too bad. It, too bad I won't hear Dan Wood saying it. But yeah, and we'll talk about Dan Wood too a little bit later in the show as well. But uh, yeah, Italian Stallion, I've seen some people saying that already. I love Rocky too. A lot of people know that. I have a lot of uh, Rocky uh, Italian Stallion themed like shirts and hats and things like that. And um, I have all those like on my DVR set. So when my other half, she'll crack up. And, and if I if it comes on the TV, I'll watch it. Or if, I, if I'm literally doing nothing and I'm at home, and I've got some free time. I'll go on there and put on a Rocky movie. I, I I don't know. I mean, they always pump me up. I know I know a lot of them came out in the late 70s and the 80s and whatever. But I don't know. They always pump me up. So, um, yeah. Hey, you know what? The, those Creed movies, too, were really good. I, I, I like Michael B. Jordan. And then, yeah, they were pretty good, too. So, And I, I remember during the pandemic where we started doing our, our podcast, I was asking fans to shoot in questions about movies. I'm a big movie buff too, so that was kind of cool. We, we all kind of worked through that together with movies, but yeah. That Italian Stallion, I really hope he gets it on his mask too. I think that would be pretty cool. See Italian Stallion. I don't know if he wants to be called that, but you know what? Welcome to the National Hockey League, kid. We're going to get a nickname for you. It's going to stick. So, t shirts coming up soon. And, 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 <laughs> and we'll talk about the goalie situation too, because um, we'll, we'll say that. That's coming up here soon, but <laughs> there's some issues in the goalie situation. Just slightly, maybe, you know. Um, just to round out the draft, too, the Ducks, the last three picks, they went with defenseman Connor Smith, 6'5", 210. Uh, Rodwin Dionicio, 6'2", 207. And Wojtek Port, 6'2", 168. So, I mean, they went with a lot of size um, in this, which was good. 
a lot of skill, uh, some physicality in here too. So I, I mean, overall with the draft, if, if you know, as a look at it, I, I'd give him probably about a B grade uh, overall. I think Thomas, I can't remember if he put a grade in his article or not, but if you didn't catch it, Thomas wrote an article summarizing all this. Thanks for helping out while I was uh, out of town, Thomas, but he covered all that. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's what I felt. I felt like they got like a B. What, what did you think? If you were to give them a grade before we move on here, Eddie, what, what would you give the Ducks for this draft? I think it, it's fair to say a B. I don't think you can go wrong. With the size they brought in and, and what the skill level they brought in, I mean, obviously, Leo Carlson is going to rank up and be the outlier of, of why that, that rating's more than it is. Um, a lot of people, I, I think a lot of people shot on him, too, because they didn't, they were so focused on Fentality and the hype about him and all the videos and all everyone saying Fentality this, Fentality that. But I don't really think they did their due diligence uh, and, and really dove down and and dissected the skill level of the draft. I think it just kind of went with what was on social media, what was trending. Um, Thomas is a really good uh, subject. Yeah, he's our subject matter e- expert, not just our subject matter expert. He's an expert on the prospects and, and what it takes. He does a lot of research, watches a lot of video on these players. So when he says that no matter uh, the first four picks are going to be game changers, I, I'm going to go with his word and believe him and I have to go back and read the, his his, uh, his rating on that, but I'll say B. But whatever Thomas says, I'm gonna go with him because I really trust his expertise on this matter and how he breaks down all these 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 draft picks and these rookies. And he really does his homework and knows what he's talking about. And a lot of the articles too, and what he's talked about these players has really came came to fruition and how he grades them and how he watches them develop. So I'm gonna. I'm going to hold my rating right now until I, I go back and read Thomas's article. And Thomas, I did read your article. I loved it. But like I said, my mind gets fried when I'm working my normal job and running a business. So it's sad to go back and, and reread that. But yeah, I would agree with Thomas's rating, whatever he said, because I trust his expertise on this. Yeah, he does, he does do a ton for us. So if you haven't checked out the articles, go back and read them. He really helps out, especially during the summertime. Uh, before we get to free agency, just remember this is uh, part of the Old City Sports Network. Another one of our sponsors is Norse Beards. Uh, for all your grooming needs, check them out, norsebeards.com. Also, OCSN for a discount. Uh, all our other sponsors I'll put in the comment box. So, all right, with that, the Ducks then, uh, you know, you had the two days of the draft, and then following the end of the week, you had the free agency, and people were kind of curious what the Ducks were going to do, and they, they made some big splashes. They went out and got Alex Kalorn for a four-year deal, uh, just over $6 million each year. And Radko Gudis for three years at $4 million. And then they picked up a couple smaller ones. Uh, Trevor Carrick, yes, Sam's brother, and Robert Haig. So they, they brought in these guys. Uh, Shattenkirk ended up going to Boston for one year, and Stolarz went to Florida for one year. So um, I, I like what the Ducks did. We, we've talked about this team having size and having a snarl and grit and edge and all those kind of terms. And that's been lacking for this team. And I, and I like that they went out and got these guys. You, you have Kalorn, who had career high in points, goals, and assists last season. You know, this guy's been to the Stanley Cup final three times, won it twice. Um, you had Gudis. Uh, you know, obviously they went to the final this year, didn't make it. Uh, Verbeek is familiar with both of these players with his time in Tampa Bay. They, they both, um, Gudis was also in Tampa Bay back in the day. Um, so... Uh, I like it. I was surprised that they got these guys. I, I mean, it's not surprising the fact that Verbeek knew him, but, you know, just 
to see him go out and make some splashes. I think we were so used to bargain bin Bob and, and getting these tiny things like that. Like, you know, bringing back Carrick would have been like all bargain Bob would have done maybe probably. But um, I like what they did. You know, Carrick's more of a depth move. Obviously, uh, Haig, I talked to Jesse about, said he's very solid stay-at-home defenseman. Obviously, he's a bottom-pairing guy, but um, he said for people that are going to talk trash on him that, you know, that's misguided. Um, and both those guys, Haig and Carrick, are 6'2". Like, the average height of all these players that the Ducks picked up, free agency and draft are 6'2". So, I was very happy with these. Uh, what did you think, Eddie? I know some people did not like Kaloran's contract in terms of the value and the four years. Um, also, Gudis and Kaloran did have no trade uh, uh, clauses in there. Uh, it, they had like a full thing for both of them early in the contract, and they have some modified as the contract goes on. But what did you think? Did you think these were overpayments for some of these guys? The contract should have been shorter, or you like it? What, what, what's your take on the free agency so far for the Ducks? Yeah, I was actually working right now on texting Jesse uh, to get him on the show real quick to talk about <laughs> Haig. And talk about uh, we, we we forgot to mention uh, the whole Mitchkoff thing. Yes. When we talked about the draft, so if he te- if Jesse texts me back, uh, I'll bring him on the show real quick, especially with Haig, because with Haig, I liked him in Philadelphia. I think he he was like you said, he's solid, and he he's uh, he's he is solid defenseman. He he, you know what he brings. He he's gonna do his job. He's not gonna do anything flashy. He's not gonna do anything crazy. So uh, we just, it, it's you get what you get. You get what you pay for. He's not going to give you anything less, and he's only going to give you more. Carrick was a good signing. You bring his brother back, um, so that's a, a positive thing. Okay, let's let's go with Clorn. Clorn, yes, his contract is a little bit high for his age, but what he brings is more than just the just I guess skill level. He brings a veteran leadership. He brings a winning mentality. Uh, he, he knows what it takes to be on the low. And then come back and be high. Like it's just, I think you're paying that extra money, not just for uh, what he did is his career high in points and stuff like that. You're bringing what he can actually bring in the veteran leadership and how to shape this team and make an identity. I think that's really important. Um, so the, I think at first, yeah, I saw that, but his age, but then really divulging this and going deep down into this thing. I think it was the right move. I think it was the right player to get, and I think he's only going to help the Ducks transition um, of not being losers and being winners. So I think this is a good signing. Um, I don't know if you want to add more to that, Mike, uh, before we jump to the Gudis. Uh, it's just kind of the same what you said. I, I think a lot of it's the leadership, like you mentioned. That's what Rubik talked about, bringing in – you got two guys with experience and playoff experience and being mentors to help develop this team and get them out of this rebuild and get them onto a, a winning uh, mentality like you talked about, Eddie. Yeah. Goodis, I think everyone that's been listening to this show <laughs> since I've been on it, and everyone knew, I love this. I, I, and I don't care if it's maybe a little bit of an overpayment, but you're bringing a veteran defenseman, stay-at-home defenseman, which the Ducks desperately need. You're bringing grit. You're bringing someone that if you mess with one of our young guys, you're going to have to F with him and his amazing beard. <laughs> I think this is one of the best beards we're going to have in uh, our franchise history, one of the best. And I think he's going to really solidify – how it takes to be a defenseman, not just 
one of those offenses defensemen you're going to go over there and, and try to run and gun. But he's going to really teach these these younger ones coming up what the true meaning is, is being a defenseman. And I always said, too, this whole uh, defenseman award that it's given out, it seems like it gets given out. Uh, the Norris Award gives uh, given out for the most offensive, the talent, talented you are, which I disagree with. I think it should be broken up into the two trophies, an offensive um, defenseman award, the Norris, or uh, I guess the, the main one, the Norris, and then an offensive one, maybe like, like Bobby Orr kind of renaming it or something like that. But I, I think this, this category should be broken up because being a good defenseman is not just really doing things offensively. I think that's one of the least things you should be I guess credit for being a best defenseman. You got to shut down people. Uh, you got to force them wide and make your make your life uh, life for your goalie easier. So I think Gudis is going to bring that. And number one too, Gudis is going to start forming an identity for this team. You don't want to mess with him. He's one of those guys. If you're playing against him, you're going to think twice about taking runs of people. In any professional, no, I'm, I'm sorry, any sports you play, if you just play beer league, you play softball, soccer, there's always those players that you know that you have to watch out for, that if you really kind of test those waters and test that line, they're going to come and tax that ass, and I think Gudis is one of those players, and I'm really glad, and it was really excited about this signing. I don't care if it's a little bit of an overpayment, the term is really well. I eat Thomas agree with that too, uh, about the term, and, and Thomas wanted some defensemen to come and sign with the Ducks uh, on some good term. But the Ducks are a last-place team. California gets taxed a hell of a lot, so we're going to have to overpay uh, a lot of our, our free agency players that we're going to bring here. So it's just, it is what it is, and we got two amazing players that we can kind of have our young guns build off from. So I, I think overall, and if you want to ask for a grade on free agency so far, Mike, I, I want to say it's an A. Yeah, I agree. I was surprised, like you talked, you mentioned the taxes. I was surprised that Kalorna and Gudis wanted to come here because if you live in California, the taxes here are insanely stupid. And these guys are both playing in Florida. So I, that's why I, I thought that the contracts would be a little bit higher because that's just the way it is. Uh, sorry, I just I can't stand some things about California, even though I was born and raised here. But um, th- that was a big well, thing. Preach, preach, say Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't want to bash the state too much. But anyways, the tax thing was kind of interesting to me. But yeah, I mean, Verbeek knows these guys. He brought them over. You've got mentors now on on offense and defense you got some depth signings on defense i mean you you've got some stuff to where you know i I think the ducks are going to be a lot better this year i mean no they're not going to be a contender of course not but uh, you know this this whole thing signals to me that hey we're not going to be stuck in this rebuild we're not going to be hanging out the bottom we're not going to keep losing like you know verbeek's like okay i gotta get these guys in the right mentality i gotta get them starting to win games start thinking the other way and and get going so that's what i liked about this i i think overall that these are great and the ducks are still below the cap um they've got zegris terry grew uh drysdale and dostal still to sign they're all rfas they're working on that terry's in arbitration right now so the ducks need to try to work something out by july 20th if not then the arbitrator decides it but um you know i think they're in a good spot uh, we had some people that were concerned. We had uh, King Caden, uh, 13, 19, you know, worried about not signing Zegers right away. Maverick 87 talking about the kind of contracts that we'd get for the RFAs. Well, I mean, I'm not really worried about any of this. The, the Ducks own the rights. These guys are all going to come back. Um, Gru and, and Dostal, they're not going to get huge contracts. They're, you know, they're going to get probably, sh- you know, shorter ones, not as expensive. Obviously, Terry and Zegers, I would think we get higher ones. 
uh, really depends on Terry if it goes to arbitration or not, because if it goes to arbitration, then they're going to figure that out. And then, of course, Drysdale as, as well. So I, I think that's kind of why that tied in with getting Gudis and Kalorn and their amounts. Um, the Ducks are just under the cap you know, minimum. But I think that stuff's got to shake out before you know seeing what they're going to do next. I know some people um, are talking about uh, Debrinket and, and Nylander and things like that. Um, I don't know if I see those guys coming out you know, for the Ducks because just they want a lot. And, and they still got to figure out these RFAs. Obviously, this all depends maybe on Gibson, which we'll get into that here in just a minute because of <laughs> so much stuff going on with him. That's kind of where we'll wrap up the show, plus a couple other fan questions too. But um, I, I, I like it overall. I'm with you, Eddie, too. He said an A. I give it an A, too. I, I thought they did great. I thought um, these were kind of guys that will help this team, not just next season, but try to mold future leaders for the team going forward, which is what we really, really need, Eddie. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, we have a lot of, uh, I guess, our RFAs need to be signed. Um, with the exception of, of Terry and Zegris, the rest of them are going to kind of be fairly easy to sign. Um, I know some people are worried about offer sheets, but no matter what they offer Zegris and Terry... Of what they're going to be worth, the Ducks are going to match it, and we're going to keep them. We're not going to get rid of them at all. So uh, don't worry about that. Um, so it's surprising the qualifying offers that we weren't given. Comtois, like, I think he has, he still has the potential the way he plays um, to kind of get an asset in return for him, and I was kind of shocking that we, we didn't try to at least get something from him. But he's still on the free agent leaderboard. Or not leader, yeah, he's still on the free agent the yes. list. So, yeah, he's still there. Um, another thing, too, Mike, there's a lot of free agents, too, that, that kind of want to cash in the max, uh, the max max contract that haven't got signed yet. So I think um, the Ducks should jump on that, too. They have enough cap space, cap room to get that done. We can do another Klingberg situation, offer someone a little bit overpayment to play for the Ducks, kind of showcase them, and hopefully it pays dividends and not backfires like uh, like <laughs> Klingberg. I know Tarasenko was one of them, ones that are so listed over there, ready uh, as a free agent player. Um, he's been linked to sign with Carolina Hurricanes, and I think it's going to be a done deal soon. If not, I think the Ducks should jump on someone like that. He's one of the top free agents right now in the league that, that are still pending, but if the Ducks can offer him more of a payment, more money uh, he can make, he can showcase his talents, hopefully have a great season with Ducks, trade deadline, he can get traded and get some huge assets for that. So I think it's one of the things that the Ducks had to look forward to, and especially all these free agents, uh, free agents are still left. If you have to overpay them and kind of showcase them, why not gamble? You have you have the cap space. Um, you're still going to get some some kind of return for them. So, you, so you're not going to just kind of lose them for for nothing unless they do something so ostentatious in the off season that's going like, to hurt you. But no, it's just it's right now. It's we have to build. We have to get as much assets as we can and. If there's players out there of, of kind of Tarasenko's caliber, then why not go after them, pay them a little bit more than you know so they don't, what they what they can get and showcase them, feed them the puck. You have Zegris and a player like Tarasenko can finish you know with his shot, uh, he can finish the plays that Zegris can give him, and I think a player like that can really pay dividends for the Ducks come trade deadline. So, yeah, I think. Ducks need to be more, a little bit more aggressive, especially with the cap space. And I, you know, I don't even think they're at the cap floor yet. I know with Terry and Zegris going to be signed, they're going to be long-term deals. And 
I don't know if you want to talk about what you think they should be getting right now, or I know the show's going a little long right now, Mike. Um, we can kind of save that until they get signed. No, I mean, it's fine. We can talk about it. I mean, we're going to wrap up with the Gibson thing for the last part. But, I mean, yeah, you you know that Zegers is going to get up there. They're talking about, you know, seven, eight million for several years. So you're looking at that. And then Terry, uh, I don't know if he'll be as high as that, but you're definitely lo- looking for, you know, a high amount as well in the long term. So I think that might be part of the issue as far as the Ducks looking at Debrincat or uh, Tarasenko or, or like Nylander, like you talked about. Maybe, maybe they do what you said. Maybe... They try to bring in one of those guys for a year and see if it'll work out, depending on what shakes out with the RFAs. I mean, that's something to still figure out. Like you said, they're they're just below the cap floor as of now. Um, so it'd be interesting. The, the thing that can change all this, obviously, and we might as well just go into it now because that's the, the big thing that happened this last week well, is Gibson. Well, yeah. bro, real quick. Real, oh, yeah, no, go ahead. Because it, what, what I was going to say matches into this. So Yeah, no, I... Sorry no, about yeah, that. just... I mean, the, just the drama with Gibson this last week has been insane. Uh, I, I'll go over the timeline in a minute, but um, that's also going to affect what the Ducks are going to do. If, if they're going to trade Gibson, then, yeah, I, he's going to be part of the uh, deal for uh, some of these other players that are out there or, or some other kind of deal, and then that frees up room to pull a free agent or something like that. I think that's the other big thing we're trying to figure out now. And so that, that so there's... There's a lot of moving parts, basically, for what's going on now for where uh, Verbeek's at. He's, he's got to figure out these RFAs, get them signed. Uh, if he wants to get one of, you know, either trade for one of these other big names that's been out there or pick up a free agent that's out there, then he's got to move some people. The other name is uh, Henrique, too. We heard his name mentioned. He didn't get moved. Uh, we talked about Silverberg in the past, and we said how he's going to go to Europe at the end of the season. So he kind of kind of screwed it's kind of screwed that situation so so the only other options i see for the ducks you know besides outright signing people is that they'd have to trade henrique or gibson um if they want to try and get another big name free agent or, or trade for somebody that that's kind of where they're at right now eddie yeah i yeah i can't i can't see them otherwise uh you mentioned the Brinkett. the whole thing was our bargaining chip with them, with the Senators, uh, they needed a, a, a superstar goalie, a, a goalie that can rise that occasion with or occasion with some kind of help on defensive in front of them. And the Senators made a huge leap, just like the Buffalo Sabers, and I'm going to talk about them in a minute. But they signed Corpusello to a five-year deal, so they're 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 stacked on that, and I, that that would have been a big bargaining chip for the Ducks. So I think they're out of the play on that. I don't. I can't see them offering up anything to the Senators that are going to break them away from Debrinkin. And I really can't see him kind of signing the, the, the max deal that he wants to sign. It seems like he wants to do a, a sign-and-trade so he can get the max deal. One of his preferred destinations is Detroit. They just got rid of Zadina. Uh, they, they both parted ways for a contract mutual uh, decision. So I think they're making a, a spot open for him, and they can make some kind of trade happen at Detroit is probably a lot further on not being a bottom dweller for too long with the talent they have. So I think uh, he can count Debrinkit out on the Ducks. It would have been a good player to have. I think he had a lot of potential. Two-time 40-goal scorer, but it's not going to happen. So we had to just kind of count our losses on that. With the Gibson uh, situation, too, Mike, um, I mean, who else do we have? Uh, it's just, I mean, we have, I think, Buffalo still... Uh, 
uh, I keep saying it, Buffalo, I tweeted that. I said last podcast. So we had to uh, maybe do something of Buffalo, but I don't know. It's kind of a weird situation. It, it, how everything is transpiring. And I tweeted too, Mike. It's just, it's crazy how the Ducks have got this much attention. And it's kind of negative attention in the last. I can't remember the last time offseason Ducks got this much attention, but. Yeah, it's been a crazy offseason. They've, they've had a lot going on. You know, New Jersey, they, you know, pick Carlson instead of Fantelli. Um, you know, they, they make some splashes in free agency. And now you have this Gibson thing that's gone nuts, uh, basically. It got viral. It, it yeah. went viral. It, but, it, it but you just... know, you and I talked about it on the show before because we had some fan questions. We had Shredden37, you know, is Gibson out before the new year? Um, this is not Gibson's dad, but on Instagram, it's Gibby's underscore dad. Ask, you know, what's up with Gibson? Uh, Summer Elder 46, you know, where will Gibson go? You and I already talked about this. I mean, we've talked about it a lot on the show, but the last show we talked about, you you mentioned that you thought Gibson would be gone um, by the beginning of the season. And then I said, well, probably by the trade deadline. Well, I, I mean, I, one of us is going to probably be right because the way that this whole situation is unfolded, it's a matter of time. Um, there was already rumors about Gibson uh, being traded, what, two, three seasons now in a row this has gone on. Um, and then you have Cervelli drops a bomb. He says that uh, he goes on that, that Knuckles podcast and he says that Gibson said, hey, quote, I'm not playing another game for the Anaheim Ducks. Then uh, Gibson's agent gets pissed, uh, Kurt Overhart, and he, he puts out a statement saying that that's not what Gibson said, at least to the front office. Which still, that doesn't mean he didn't talk to a coach or a player or a friend or a family member. I mean, it, it kind of leaves it open for a trade. And then, of course, Frank came back at Kurt over a, a similar situation that was in Arizona with a guy that ended up going with the front office where Frank said he would and Kurt said no, and then it ended up happening. So uh, all this drama unfolded this past week. like And all, like you said, all this stuff went viral. Like just post after post, people saying this, people saying that. Um Elliot Freeman chimed in too, saying that Gibson wants a trade. He wasn't really sure about the quote with Cervelli, uh, but he says the Ducks trying to accommodate. Uh, sounded like injuries are a concern with some teams that are kind of worried about that. Um, but uh, Freeman also said that Gibson's still willing to play for Anaheim. So, I mean, it's just like, I, I can't remember what day it was this week, but all most of this came out like in 24, 48-hour period. And it was just like utter chaos, Eddie. I, I was just like sitting there waiting for the next thing because you had i, I want to say cervelli's quote came out like early in the morning one day then it was like the agent responded later in the day then frank responded later today the then elliot freeman he like even updated his 32 thoughts podcast to talk about this i was like holy crap and then you had gibson go on the cam and strick uh podcast which was aired like later that night technically the next day depending on your time zone and gibson yeah, which was a fantastic interview. There was a lot they talked about on there. If you didn't listen to it, there the Cam and Strick podcast is like three hours, and like an hour of it is with Gibson. I'm like, holy crap! Like we get to an hour and a half, and I think that's long. I was like, wow, this podcast is long. Um, but what do you make of all this? I mean, I, I tried to give like a general timeline, but uh, I mean, it was kind of crazy of what was coming out. What what do you think of all all of this? Like, is Cervelli full of shit? Like some people think of, you think the agent's full of shit. Um, I mean, we all know that there's been talk of trading Gibson. That part we know is true. But after that, like, like what, what do you think, man? I mean, it's just a crazy situation how this just like literally blew up. 
I say I believe Frank Cervelli. I believe him. Um, he's number one. He's credible. Number two, this little fluff statement by his um, this Kurt guy from his his agent. Uh, he's been called out, or he uh, Frank Cervelli. Uh, Frank Cervelli called him out before uh, on a previous post when Kurt said the same kind of like blank statement. Oh well, no, it's just, it's not true, blah, blah blah. But then hours later. This signing uh, Arizona happens in the executive office. Um, this statement is a fluff 101. I'm a communications <laughs> major too before I switched to information technology and do my cybersecurity shit. I was doing like public relations and communications. So it's like I was taught to say that exact same quote. Like uh, it's like a blanket statement of how you get to say how he, he worded it. So I believe Frank Sarah Valley. Um, these analysts, they pay a lot of money to get this info. So I'm not sure if Gibson just, he just muttered it. It was a drunken time. He mentioned to a family, it's our friend that leaked it out for money. Someone overheard him or someone in a duck's front office overheard a conversation and they just leaked it out to Sarah Valley to get paid. But I, there's some truth to that statement. Uh, it's been ongoing for a while. It's just... You're not going to sit here and and have these kind of rumors go on for years if there's not any truth to it. So I, I think I think it was a little far-fetched that Gibson would say that he's never going to play a game for the Anaheim Ducks again. But maybe it was the heat of the moment. Maybe you were drunk. I mean, we all say dumb shit when we're drunk. It's not it's it's not a it's not <laughs> um, some kind of a mystery thing, but. I think Verbeek, I think Brian Murray, uh, or Bob Murray, I'm sorry, uh, they just screwed up. Gibson has had enough. He's been dealing with his injuries because of the Ducks. I think it's the Ducks' fault because all the shots he's facing, the most shots in franchise history last season, there's no support, there's no defense. He, he's getting ran into, and there's not really retaliation for that, so teams know they could just get in front of Gibson and make his life hell. And I don't blame him. Uh, he should have been traded before the draft. You could have got more value. This statement just decreased his value. It's kind of really recalls when Patrick Kane was all hissy fit and pissed off that Tarasenko got traded to the New York Rangers because he wanted to go there. And he thought he couldn't go there after that. And his statement was like something like, hey, I'm not going to play for another team with the New York Rangers. So I'll put the Chicago Blackhawks in a whole bind. So the Rangers had to offer them what they offered them. Chicago had to take it. Like they had no choice. Like Chicago was kind of like forced to take the the low payment for the best American-born player that, that's going to go down in history. Uh, I think it's a, it's a, a screwed up situation. It's effed up, and I think the Ducks. The longer they hold on to Gibson, the more uh, shit they're going to kind of lose. Like you have to trade him. Just trade him already. It's done. You're not going to be competitive. And I'm sorry, fans. If if you have some hope for the Ducks next season, they're not competitive next season. They're not going to be competitive the season after that. It's going to take some time. This rebuild process, the way the Ducks are doing, it's going to be slow. Free agents, top free agents, aren't going to come to the Ducks unless you really overpay them. But then you got to think about the taxes and all the other crap. So it, it, it's not going to happen anytime soon. So you have to be patient. Trust the process. And trade Gibson, and you know, I, I, I thank him for everything he's done, but it's time for him to move on, and it's time for him to actually be on a team that has defense and actually can be competitive and win because the Ducks aren't going to be that in a few years. So we ought to just count, count our losses and kind of 
have a reality set in our mind. Yeah, you made a couple good points there, Eddie. I, I think one of them is Kurt Overhart, the agent for Gibson. He's doing damage control. If, if you read the statement, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he talks in there about, you know, like I said, not saying anything to the Ducks front office. He, he, didn't, he didn't come out and deny the statement 100%. He just said, well, he didn't say it to the management of the team. So that, that you know, may, maybe it wasn't exactly worded the way that Frank said it, but there's obviously some kind of statement that was made. And that leaves the door open in that memo that Kurt issued um, out there. And then he also finishes the memo with like, well, he's proud of, you know, being with the Ducks and yada, yada, yada. That's, that's all fluff. That's all like trying to save face kind of thing. So I think that's nonsense. And then when he goes on the Cam and Strick podcast, I'll read a little bit of his statement. I, if you missed it, it, I posted it everywhere on Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram. I transcribed the thing. But the part here that that makes you know that it's up in the air is he says, quote, obviously there's a little uncertainty what's going to happen. Whether I'm in Anaheim or somewhere else, I'm just worried about being ready to play. I just want to have a good year whether I am back in Anaheim or somewhere else. I'm worried about getting myself ready, getting my body ready, and getting ready to have a good year. That's all I can really do. Uh, that's most of the quote of what he says. But but that quote right there, you listen to that. He's saying twice in there, he says Anaheim or somewhere else. So he's getting ready for that. And in that interview, if you if you go back and listen to it, it's it's literally an hour long. He talks. It's, it's funny because I was frustrated listening to it in the beginning because it's all about like, him being in a goalie fight when he's at Norfolk and like talking about how he goes back and forth from Anaheim to Pittsburgh. And I'm like, ask him the question about being traded, which is like at the end of that hour. <laughs> so when you go listen to the podcast, it's around like one hour, 39 minute is when the interview starts. But I think he, uh, he starts talking about, um, this whole trade thing. It's about like two hours and 25 minute mark somewhere in there is where the actual discussion about this happens. So, um, but it leaves the door open. The memo leaves the door open from his agent. The the interview on the Camastric podcast leaves the door open too. So I don't know if Frank's got the exact quote right, but it just sounds like a lot of damage control, um, especially by the agent there. And it doesn't it doesn't emphatically say, well, he didn't say anything like that or whatever. It's just like, well, yeah, I didn't tell the team that. Um, and then Gibson did admit to having comments uh, with Verbeek and that the comments were private. And then you remember Verbeek talked about the Duck season ticket holder event. Yeah, I talked to Gibson. I don't want to trade him unless I get another number one goalie. So it seems like to me there's a middle ground in there. I, I don't think Verbeek does want to trade him. I, I think he did want to keep him, have him be part of it. But I think uh, Gibson mentioned his frustration. So Verbeek's now like, okay, I need to figure out how I can make this work for the team. Because if you look at the Ducks goalie situation, it's pretty crappy. If they trade Gibson and they don't get a goalie back or they go pick one up, you have Dostal, and then what do you have? You have Stolars left. They didn't bring back Erickson Eck. I mean, they're kind of thin at goalie. Yes, they drafted the Italian Stallion, but <laughs> he's he's not ready. So, I mean, it's I don't know. It's something that, that Verbeek's got to figure out. You, you know, Is there going to be a goalie coming back? Is there one in free agency that you're going to pick up and that's going to be the backup to Dostal? Uh, those are some things that he's going to have to work out and figure out. And uh, that's kind of my take on it. I, I, I don't doubt that Gibson's willing to be traded. And, and if the shit doesn't work out, they don't make a thing, yes, he's going to be back with the team in the beginning of the season. I, I don't think it's to the point where he, if, if nothing works, he's going to be like, oh, screw you guys, I'm not going to show up to you know 
um, camp and whatever. I don't think it's going to be like that. That's why I think what you said, maybe he was mad at one time or drunk or something and maybe made something like, well, I don't want to play anymore here. Like that kind of a thing. I don't, I don't necessarily buy that it was um, exactly what he intended, though maybe it did come out kind of like that way in frustration because like you said he's been taking all these shots and he had no defense this last year we all know that the Ducks blue line was I mean not only thin it was hardly you know existing there so that's where I'm at with it I I think it's still going to happen I I think it's just a matter of whether it's going to happen sooner or later you you think it's sooner I think it might be a little bit later but I I think we agree it's going to happen soon Eddie yeah, I think right now it's like a mismanagement from Verbeek. It's just now, now you let this thing yes. explode. Uh, Gibson value just yes. just dropped. Like this whole statement, whether it's true or not, it's in social media. It's like I said, the whole council culture thing. It's not really council culture, but the whole thing is when you something goes public like this from a credible source, your your whole value just drops. And like I mentioned with Bob Murray. I, you should have traded him at the. At, you could have got. You could have robbed everyone. You could have got a player like Drysidle, uh, when Edmonton was desperate for a goal. You could have got him uh, when Gibson's value was just is a little bit equal as Drysidle's. You could have added some more assets and got a a franchise player, a, a, a player that could have kind of changed the the game of the franchise. But you didn't. Verbeek is. I don't know what he's doing, dangling around, holding on like. Yes, he's offering. He wants a lot for Gibson, but the more the more you linger on, the more the value drops. Especially this bombshell by a credible source by Frank Zavalli. It's just, it's not going to help you. I think, and I said it before too. Buffalo, you have Uka Pukalekanainen. You have a young goalie that can bring in. They have assets, and I mentioned too, like Peyton Krebs. You have Olfelson. You can bring in. Um, Edmonton's always searching for that next goalie that can bring him over the, the that edge. They have what Jack Campbell signed, or no, I'm sorry, not Jack Campbell. Um, I forgot his name, so I'll pass on that. But they have, they have Stuart Skinner, and they're ready to move on for their other goalie. You can make a trade from them. Toronto's always looking for someone. Toronto hasn't had gold, a uh, superstar goaltender in a long time. They have the defense. Uh, Winnipeg, because Hellebuck said he it went on record saying he's not going to resign with the team. They're looking to trade him, making bring Gibson in, and then uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. They're in the rebuilding mode, and they're trying to build their player, uh, their play up. Carter Hart is on the trading block as well. They want to trade him, bring a younger goalie. I think he's 24, 23, 24. Uh, he has potential and bring him in. I think the biggest fit for Gibson, and I know the fans are going to like this, but the Kings. I think the Kings. Would be a destination for the uh, for Gibson. Would love. He's he's played his whole career here in Southern California. His life is here. Um, why not stay here and 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 be a, a part of more an organization that is probably going to win the cup again before the Ducks. It, it sucks to say, but the Kings are making all the right moves and they're doing everything w- aggressively. But they're making, like I said, every right move they can. Every player they bring in is paying dividends. Denault. They brought Fiala, and I I didn't think Fiala was gonna actually kind of regain his his thing he did for Minnesota, but he did. And it just they make players better, and it's unfortunate about that because it's the Kings. But I think that'd be a good destination. I think you know honestly that besides Buffalo, I think the LA Kings would be the best fit for John Gibson, and I think he would thrive there with their uh, defensive core. Uh, Kaposar just signed right there for with 
a tier contract at seven AAVA or I'm sorry, seven AA can't even talk now. Seven million a year, say it like that. And there's some assets that can be moved. I don't think the the Ducks and Kings will make a move like that, division rivals, but I think it'll be like a Boston, San Jose, LA Kings kind of thing when the Kings traded uh, Martin Jones to Boston. They flipped him to San Jose and made that three-way trade behind the Kings' back. I think that's something that they can do. But I, I, at this point, I don't care. Make a trade with the Kings, get some assets for Gibson, and help this rebuild process accelerate forward. Because right now, it just it, it seems like we have a goalie that's losing value every single day that this keeps lingering on, and it just it, we could we could be getting so much more for him, but. It's going to come down to it. We're probably going to trade him for like a third-round pick. And the way that uh, Verbeek is kind of mismanaging this kind of thing. Yeah, it's funny you bring up the Kings. We had uh, you know Larry Goldenberg. He, he mentioned that to me right before the show. He asked about him ending up in L.A. And I was kind of like, nah, I don't think so. Because, you know, the Ducks and Kings don't usually trade. But you mentioned the three-way trade thing. I mean, maybe something happens like that. Maybe the Ducks, you know, do trade to somebody and... He gets flipped and goes to L.A. I mean, I, I would hate to see him in L.A. That I would lose my mind. I'd rather him go to Pittsburgh and <laughs> be with his family out there or somewhere on the East Coast or something. But uh, that's something to keep in mind. Maybe the Ducks trade him and he gets flipped to the Kings. I, I mean, I'm not going to rule it out. I, I don't think they would trade directly. But indirectly, yeah, you never know. But you're right. Ed, well, yeah. Who cares, though, Mike? I, I, I want some ass. I want... I want this team to just thrive and get some assets. Like I don't care if you had to trade to the Kings. Just trade him and, and get whatever. No, we I'm can. with you. I'm with you. I just, I just the pain of seeing him in a Kings jersey. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's just yeah, that that, that would suck. But. Yeah, I I think you made a good point though, Eddie. The big thing is whether or not this quote is true from Cervelli. The quote came out. Um, and it, and like you said, this damaged the trade value of Gibson. That's the biggest thing with that quote, whether it's true or not, or, or even remotely close, um, to what he said now they're screwed. And like you, you said, you want to get assets. Absolutely. They've got at this point now, it's like, okay, if you're going to roll with Dostal, fine. If you're going to try and bring in Hellebuck and make him the guy, okay, uh, you know, whatever you got to do, you got to try and figure something out because, I mean, unless it doesn't work out and he stays with the team this next year and, like, kills it, which, I mean, yeah, the Ducks are going to be a little bit better, which, which we talked about, but as you mentioned, they're not going to be contender. And we, we had a couple of fan questions about that, kind of wrap up the show here. You know, people are asking, you know, where are the Ducks going to finish? You know, um, Shredding 33 asked that, and Calvin Puckering 99 asked about the playoffs. Um, uh, you know, this team, as of now, things can change. They, they can maybe squeeze in at the bottom of the playoffs, maybe in a wild card spot. That's where we're at right now. But uh, with this situation, they need to move him to get some kind of value. And, and Verbeek's got to figure out what, what is he going to do for the goalie. Is Dostal going to be the guy going forward? Or does he want to bring someone in? And I, and I really think that that's a big part of where the Ducks are at right now. And then that's also going to determine if they're going to, you know, who they're going to try to trade for or sign as a free agent. Um, and then obviously figure out those RFA contracts. But the, the quote's damaging. And the Ducks should have traded them sooner than later. 100% Eddie. And no, and they're not. It's really frustrating. It's like these quotes came out and nothing being done. It's, and Gibson... And th there's some truth to it. Th there's some truth. Like, it's, 
you can't deny that. And I don't know if he was just like I said, he like if he was drunk talking, if he he vented to people, if someone at Honda Center overheard him. I'll say it again. These analysts pay top dollar to get this information. That's why they're always first. Hence the fact that the Seattle Kraken's draft, all, all their expansion draft was leaked, what, six hours before actual the announcements? They pay a ton load of money. I wish I had, I guess, a percentage of their money. So I, no, I probably would be doing dumb crap with it. But still, it's just, yeah, you have to, you should have traded him before uh bob marie should have traded him before it's just you keep holding on and lingering i don't know what's the point of does john gibson have some kind of like like dirt on these these gms or something but it just he's frustrated and, and i don't blame him and and, and there's some fe- a few people on social media too really really upset about john gibson if the comment was true but if he really did say that i would respect him for it because it's not fair to have a, a goalie with the caliber of John Gibson to be subjected to just this team. It's it's not right anymore. John Gibson wants to win, and he he's the kind of goalie that can take a team to a Stanley Cup final. I mean, look at Aiden Hill. Like Aiden Hill, and, and no disrespect to him, but every everyone thought he was a no one, he was a journeyman, and he came up and backstopped the Golden Knights to a, a Stanley Cup. Aiden Hill is no John Gibson. John Gibson can kind of turn a franchise around. A franchise like the Edmonton Oilers and Toronto Maple Leafs that have the, the skill and talent, and they just can't get that push. Goaltending kind of like falls apart. The Buffalo Sabres. The Buffalo Sabres, I think, will make the playoffs next season of how they transitioned and how dominant they were. I don't think it's a fluke. I, I told you last podcast I watched these games. I think they're, they're going to be the, the real deal. Um, the Senators would have been a good candidate for uh, John Gibson to go to, too, as well, because they had that push. They had that thrive, but they signed Corpusello. It's, it's rare that in NHL they're going to sign a player for a five-year deal then just kind of trade him or bring in another goalie of equal or lesser value. So I just right now I'm frustrated more with Verbeek because John Gibson's still here and I want him gone. I, not because I don't like John Gibson, but I think we can get a, some kind of a return for him. And maybe like down to control can up his value. But it's just, there's no point for him to be here anymore. Obviously, it was said by a credible reporter. And there's uh, there has to be some truth to it. Uh, you could minus that little fluff PR stunt that his, his agent's trying to do. But there's some truth to that, what Frank uh, Cervelli said. So it just. Now we're kind of screwed up and and effed in Ducks trade rumor things because Gibson's not going to get the value that we could have got from him. Yeah, and that's the bottom line. Uh, I I think that's the the main point of all this is that that quote just damages his value. So we'll have to see what happens in the next couple weeks um, or or months uh, as far as, you know, the the goalie situation and some of the other goalies in the league as well. Um, Just kind of wrap up the show. A couple other little things I wanted to mention um, you had Getzloff was named the player development coordinator. He uh, bought a house in Nashville, and he was at the draft. So I, I think that's a huge win for the Ducks to have him in there to help develop the players. And then an update on Dan Wood. If you missed it, you know he uh, is no longer in the radio booth with the Ducks, but he's now with the Epic Times. So I wish Dan the best, and I'm happy to have Getzloff on there. I think he's going to help help out, uh, you know, get this rebuild going as well. Eddie, any uh, final thoughts on that, or anything else as we wrap up the show? Just want to give a shout out to Dan Wood. Dan Wood was um, 
he, he he's always been the voice of Doug's hockey. Um, I, I met with him personally when I first moved back in, like over here, and and wanted to be part uh, of I guess sports media with hockey. He gave me pointers. He gave me advice. Um, he actually made me be a, a I guess a better podcaster, a better poster uh, for Ducks and Pucks. Obviously, Mike, you're my number one mentor, and I can never thank you for what you did for me and got me up there. But like, you, like you're my like Dan Wood too. It's really unfortunate that Dan Wood isn't with the Ducks anymore. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes they're, they're going to make, and they did make. But I'm glad that he bounced back and he, he's he's going to do something and, and keep, keep continuing to, to kind of cover hockey and the Ducks. So I'm glad for that. Um, other than that, Mike, no, I, I think uh, this podcast, we went long, but we haven't recorded it in a while. So I'm sure fans will appreciate that. Um, looking forward to, to next season and see what, what's going on. Ryan Getzloff being part of the organization again. Everyone flipped out. He bought a house, a house in Nashville, which is okay. He can still, you know, Skype or Zoom or do whatever he can with um, with these young guns and stuff. I think he'll be a great asset because like, these young guns are coming over. They probably, you know, weren't even born when Getzloff was drafted. So it's good to see um, him part of the game still, him wanting to do something with the game, and I think it's only going to pay dividends for this team, and I'm looking forward to the Ducks announcing when Getzloff gets his jersey retired because I, I think he well-deserved it. So that 15 is, is never going to be worn again by any Anaheim Ducks player in history or Mighty Ducks player. Yeah, amen on that. I, I agree 100%. And, yeah, Dan Wood was huge. I talked to him a few times at practice, uh, getting some mentorship from him as well. Um, on how to handle certain situations and things like that, so I'm happy to see him back. You know, writing, doing what he likes, and yeah, uh, it's a it's a loss for the Ducks that that he's not going to be up there in the booth. Um, this kind of will wrap up the show, and, and kind of for summer, I mean, we'll I guess have to wait and see. I, the next podcast will probably be dependent on on like Gibson or some other kind of big move going on. If not, though, uh, you know, we'll we'll see. Um, we might not do one maybe until. August or September. We'll just kind of see what's going to happen with uh, the duck stuff. But um, we appreciate all the support. And uh, as always, let's go Ducks.